from IBM Cloud and Cognitive Software, you're listening to The Art of Automation with host Jerry Cuomo. Hey, hey, welcome to The Art of Automation, a podcast that explores the application of automation in the enterprise. Hey, folks, advertising has evolved tremendously over the years. In fact, the other day, my wife and I were talking about buying our dogs a new dog bed. Yes, I said a dog bed. She did a search on Amazon to see what was available. As usual, we got distracted. But later that night, I happened to go onto Facebook, and the first ad it showed me was of a dog bed. That can't be a coincidence. Well, today's episode is on automation in the advertising industry. You'll hear from our guest how modern AI and automation technology has been the tool of choice of today's leading advertising agencies. This art involves harnessing the most advanced data gathering tools that the internet makes available, while also respecting the user's privacy. A key word that you're gonna hear repeated today is context. Once established, understanding the context in which the user is visiting your website gives you an opportunity to delight that user with an authentic and personalized campaign. There are few better in the world at this than our guest, David Mitchell, who is the CTO at VMLYNR, a global brand and customer experience agency. The ad agency world makes its mark on creativity, and you will see David has an abundance of creativity that accompanies his engaging personality. And with that, I'd like to welcome David to the Art of Automation. Hey, thanks, Jerry. It's great to be here. Oh, it's so great to have you. We have lots of things to talk about, and I want to get to that first question, if you don't mind. Yeah. So, David, can you tell us a little bit about your background and why you love what you do? My name is David Mitchell. Title is Chief Technology Officer at VMLYNR, which is a mouthful of letters that basically means, you know, I work at a, <laughs> a marketing agency. But the thing that I, I think of myself as a programmer, when friends and family ask me what I do, I say, well, I'm a programmer. I mostly get to work you know, with teams of programmers and being at a, at a creative agency means I get to work with really smart engineers and I get to work with you know, really creative people that are trying to help the brands that we work with. And we think the best brands are the ones that are really trying to reinvent themselves and create new value mm. for themselves and you know, sustainable value with their customers. Awesome. And how does technology as a CTO, uh, how do you bridge the gap between this creative world of advertising and the technical world of code? How do the two come together? tech is fine for tech's sake, but I think most people really got interested in computers when they started bringing us together, when they started becoming a way for people to connect. That's right. When we're doing great work, we're helping brands get a more meaningful connection with people. And the way that we approach it, really thinking through the day in the life of the customer, rather than thinking about it from the downstream events that are firing and downstream systems of record or something like that. But you get right, in right. if you get into the headspace of the customer journey and you start trying to interact with them, there becomes a ton of opportunity for automation. There's a ton of opportunity to, to leverage computers, both things you think about like certainly like big data and bringing data together to help you find a new insight, or maybe it's a new visualization that makes you say, aha, that forms the beginning of a creative idea or spark. Or maybe it's literally, you know, you start thinking about, well, what do I want to say to all these different people? <laughs> and brands have a challenge in just communicating one big idea, kind of their brand promise. But as you, as you work with a brand transactionally, you know, ordering, getting help with a product, that usage of the product, that creates a conversation. 
And yep. that there's so many opportunities to say, okay, well, what do I want to say next? And what will be the most meaningful, most helpful thing to do next, you know, in our next interaction? And there's a ton of great modeling tools for, for doing that kind of planning. Yeah, that's, that's right, David. In fact, when I think about it, I'm not in advertising, but I am probably the target of advertising every minute sure. every day. <laughs> and you kind of have your customers have their customers captivated in a sense that everything in this world is digital today. So I'm on your website. You know I'm there. I'm using right. your mobile app. You know that. But, but then where do you go next? I think this is kind of what you were just hinting at. Yeah. Well, and one of our creative officers a few years ago commented that great advertising isn't something that interrupts people's lives, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's something that is part of their lives. And you have to talk about building connected brands. And certainly a connected brand has a creative idea or a spark. But you have to be there whenever and wherever people are. And that means meeting them certainly on your website, you know, if they come looking for you. But it also means maybe they're in a different space. Maybe they're walking around and they've got their phone with them and they're not browsing the web. Right, but right. as needs arise, if they are on, if they're on Facebook, maybe you should be able to talk to them, you know, on Facebook or if they're on Reddit or Twitter. And so being relevant and being a part of a conversation that gives rise to a lot of data platforms and figuring out, okay, what's appropriate communication from individual to a brand and back again when you're on, you know, say a particular platform like Twitter. So yeah, there's a ton of opportunity there. And David, last time we chatted, you told me about this, this special word and you used it several times, context. Yeah. And that you had some kind of methodology around yeah. context and code. Can you share with the listeners a little bit about that? Actually, um, if you went to our uh, open source process, which is a, a book that we put out on GitHub, it's called Journey Driven Development. And if you Google that, you know, we should rank reasonably high because we, you know, <laughs> try and pick a, a unique name and, uh, and, and contribute meaningfully. But fundamentally, we think of things that we build in terms of, of code, context, and confidence. Confidence is significant because that's also another area we see automation rising. And, yeah, sure, and it's that sure. thing of like, a lot of people used to call QA. And a few years ago, we started calling that automation of quality because the techniques of automation had crept into that world so much that, yes, you're still doing some manual testing of, you know, the website or the mobile experience or whatever you're, you're testing. But more and more, they're writing scripts. And sometimes those scripts are automation tools that are driving web browsers, like using Selenium automation. And sometimes they're using right. AI to validate that things look right using uh, tools like Backstop.js. Yeah, so you've started talking about automation and AI, and this is the Art of Automation podcast. So let's go into it a little bit more. You had mentioned on-brand, authentic, personalized. These are all things that are targets for, for AI and automation. Tell us a little bit about your work in this area. How are you putting it into action? Yeah, a few years ago, we were talking about, you know, what is the, the architecture for automation and, and where do you see AI uh, in the agency? And the reality is, you know, we looked at, you know, whether we're building mobile apps or building APIs or building clouds to, to run all these things, you see AI in all of these things. You also see AI in the creative workflow. So, you know, things like better camera tracking, you know, like a right. Photoshop filter. And a lot of that, it's like, you don't even realize you're using AI, right? Uh, because it just becomes right, right. part of the workflow. But we actually just started working with IBM uh, again on a, on, you know, kind of a, it's not top secret, but 
It's not exactly launched yet. One of our teams here. What's the, what's the company? I'm, I'm not sure I recognize what, what the company you're working with. Yeah, yeah. It's it, like IBM, BML, YNR, uh, IBM. Uh, so yeah, it's another one of those initials. Nobody knows what it stands for. One of our groups is called Discoverability, and that fundamentally okay. gets around this idea of uh, search engine optimization, search engine marketing, right. which you would think all you have to do is put a website out there and people will find it. And it turns out that's, mm. that's not true. And one of, the, one of the things that can really improve ranking is by having good alt text. I see. And we want to have good alt text, you know, for folks that have a vision impairment. You know, it's, it's great right. to augment that image with additional information. But you, you absolutely need it in order to be found by a search engine. And you think, well, okay, I'll just remember to type in some good alt text, you know, as I'm taking the photo. And that would be great. And I think people's creative workflows have gotten better around that. But as you, as you realize, and this gets back to that idea of context, as you realize it's not just the image that needs alt text, it's the image on the page, or it's the image in this conversation and not that conversation. And suddenly you realize that it gets into a combinatorial explosion and a need to create good alt text, and it might outstrip the ability of you know, an individual writer and so by augmenting that with, you know, some suggested alt text, you can lower the amount of work and raise the quality of the work that writer is producing. And so, right, right, um, right. yeah, IBM and BMLYNR uh, held a workshop a few weeks ago. Uh, we've seen some early prototypes. It's very promising, but just some things that will improve the workflow of creative professionals as they're preparing content for, for really any situation. Yeah, I like that context. And, and I think you were saying once to me that, Here's a picture we recognize of blue triangles. Yeah. Is the point of the page about being blue? So we should emphasize that in the old text? Or is the, the page about triangles? And yeah. we should emphasize that this is a triangle. So context matters. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. Can you give us other examples? It's funny. The, some of the technical things that we do end up being quite top secret. And that can be a challenge in an advertising agency. Mm -hmm. But uh, sometimes they're cool and brands want to share that story too. And if you go to our website, uh, vmlyr.com, and look at our work, you'd see lots of different examples of work. But one in particular is something called the uh, Tennessee Laugh Tracker. And I love this example because it uses big data techniques mm -hmm. on a small scale. And so I call it little big data. But um, we manufactured a little Arduino enclosure, you know, 3D printed and a small, you know, inexpensive microchip we didn't have to buy in bulk. We were only buying a few hundred. And then on that little Arduino, we, we did some training offline with a big computer to help it recognize what a child's laughter might sound like. And then we put that trained model into the Arduino. And then with parents' permission, <laughs> it's a fairly large, you know, by a button standard, it's a pretty good size button. Right. And, you know, right. and with the parents' permission, enrolled into the program a few hundred kids as they went to different attractions in the state of Tennessee. And then, you know, so you've got AI there, certainly on the, uh, the training and the triggering. And then you've got something that's, that's logging what's actually happening in the world. And then that gives rise also to a model of fun. <laughs> and what's cool is you can then segment that model on age groups. And we even used, again, computer visualization to draw heat maps of where a parent could expect to find the most fun to have with their kids of different ages at different attractions in Tennessee. You know, that, that's a, if it's, it's a yeah. small scale example of how you can have a really impactful change in people's lives 
with just a little bit of data collection, a little bit of machine learning, and a little bit of data science and data viz. So uh, a really fun, cool example. And there's a video on the site that, that takes you through the case. And is the next best action or the automation now advising the parents this is fun? Oh my gosh, I feel old. Do I really need to be told what's fun and what's not fun? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's funny. You start talking about you know next actions and I, I don't think they've gone that far, but it could imagine if you were in that space, maybe there's a sign that says if, you, if you're enjoying this, you would enjoy that. And, exactly. And so, yeah, you know, we haven't gotten to wayfinding yet, but that sounds pretty cool. All right, David, can I ask you to take out your crystal ball mm. and gaze into it and tell our listeners what you see there? And where is this or can this AI-powered automation go in the future? Well, I, what's great is computers keep getting faster and we keep getting better at connecting computers. I don't see a future where the computers replace humans in the loop. I do see a future where we have people using computers to generate new insights and new ideas and new perspectives and new visualizations. I think that's, that's really exciting. And, you know, and you see like the Arduino chips um, and being able to, to wear a computer with you, right? And, and what an amazing transformation, the shrinking smart device and you know, telephone and watch and all of that. I do believe that we're getting into a world where we'll have compute with us where we go. But I also am excited that you know, we're coming out of a pandemic, maybe we're going into an endemic, right. but we're getting back into the world. And it's fun. We're actually doing a ton of VR excursions with our clients, but we're doing them in person, but in VR. And it's great because you can go into the VR world and you can have an experience together and you can come out of it and you can reflect on that experience in the real world. And I think, you know, um, augmentation uh, will be a bigger and bigger part of our life, but I'm, I'm very excited by our AI and automation-empowered uh, communications uh, going forward. Yes, get that computer into the real world <laughs> and let the fun begin. Literally, in your case, let exactly. the fun begin. David, that was inspiring, that was informative, that was fun and exciting. So I have to thank you very much for joining us here on the Auto Automation today. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Jerry. Well, that's it for today. And for you CTOs and CMOs out there, I hope you take your inspiration from David as I know I have. How can you not be inspired by the Tennessee Tourism Laugh Tracker? So reach out to either David and or I on LinkedIn if you'd like to talk more about what you've heard today and maybe start your automation journey with us. And speaking about your automation journey, the Art of Automation book is now available and it's your practical guide for igniting your automation journey. Today, we're offering a discount code to get 25% off the paperback. If you order from the link provided in the link description here of this podcast, the code is FRIENDS2022, all one word, and royalties from the book are being donated to the American Cancer Society. Once again, I'd like to thank David, and of course, I'd like to also thank you all for listening in. This is Jerry Cuomo, IBM Fellow and VP for Technology at IBM. See you again on an upcoming episode.